Here we go, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, the show where the KO Army share their thoughts on all things town. And this is your main helping of KOA, head of the Peterborough game. Hope you enjoy as ever. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and of course, get involved in future shows if you fancy. Contact me at Ross Media UK on Twitter and all the other socials. This week, I'm joined by Peachy and Harvey as we discuss all things town. Of course, we are proudly sponsored by Ginger Pickle, the goats of marketing, and also Manscaped. Use the code KOA. You get 20% off and free delivery for your crown jewels and all that bits and bobs. I've actually realised I'm getting a bit hairy nose, so I may have to look into getting some hair, um, nose trimmers soon. Um, but anyway, enough of that shambolic intro. Let's get into Peachy and Harvey. Always a pleasure, boys. Peachy, first of all, how's things? Yeah, all good. Um, I need to start this podcast by... um, I've had a call from health and safety. After what's happened in the last few pods, or the last pod, Um, is there any naked flames near you, chaps? No, no, are we all good? We're, we all, I think we're, we're all we're all good. Yeah, I, I had a little health and safety audit prior to uh, coming on, and yeah, I passed with flying colours, so we're all good. Yeah, it was a bit of a shameless plug for a certain candle make by Mister Watson, but we'll let that lie. We'll let that lie. Yeah, I'm I'm all good, thanks, mate. It's um bloody cold. It's quite warm yes. in my study, but it's absolutely freezing outside. I'm looking forward to a lovely warm chat with you guys about all things ITFC, and I can't wait to get going. Yes, mate. Hopefully, um, people who are listening, if you're on a walk, a dog walk, hopefully this keeps you warm ahead of the Peterborough game and just your walk, pretty much. Um, Harvey, it's always a pleasure. You were back at Porton Road last week. How was that? Tell us all. Yeah, thanks for having me on. First of all, it's been a while. I'm joining you in a different setting this week. As uh, Peachy mentioned before we, we, we came on, we've got a little bit of stuff in the background and we've also got some wallpaper that wasn't my doing, not long moved into this house, so uh, this is going to get redone pretty shortly. Um, but yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed being back at Portman Road. Um, was fortunate enough to be in the in the Bobby Robson suite. I've not experienced that before. Um, very much a traditionalist, and I like to be kind of in the thick of it, but something different, and I, and I really, really enjoyed it. The hosting team that, you know, kind of made the whole night were brilliant. Uh, managed to meet a few of the players as well, had a few, good few conversations with them. Um, Leif Davis wears a very nice aftershave, uh, still still kind of reminiscing about that. God knows how much that cost him. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was brilliant. It was brilliant other than the, the last minute equaliser, which I said at the time, I didn't have any complaints about. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit in due course maybe, but um, no complaints about the result really. I thought they deserved it. They Second half, I thought they were all over us, to be fair. They, and certainly midfield, they, they, it's the first time really I've seen Sam Morsi get overrun, apart from maybe certain parts of the Hillsborough game. I thought Scott Brown got his got his, uh, his tactics and game plan pretty much spot on, whether you like it or dislike it. Some of the, you know, gamesmanship, no, well, lack of gamesmanship, I should say, from the Fleetwood team was interesting, but they've got to do what they've got to do and we have to be better. Um, but in terms of the experience, it was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Um, they feed you a lot there. That's that's what yeah. I will. Uh, that's what I, I will say. Every time I felt like every time I stood up, turned around and sat down again, there was something different on the table. So I dread to think the amount of calories I had that night, but it was worth it. It was really good. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I'd love to do it again, you know, at some point. Um, but yeah, it was just brilliant being back, and I'm, I think that's only my second night game at Portman Road. So it's something I've not experienced often at all really um 
and it was brilliant. Um, you know, I went up to the club shop before we went in, and that view never ever gets old. Looking over the the club shop onto the stadium, it's just genuinely gives me like goosebumps every time. So, yeah, it was amazing. Already looking forward to getting back to Portland Road, hoping to get back maybe one more time this season, um, possibly. So, yeah, all in all, a really good experience. That's good to hear. Um, for people who don't know, um, Harvey, listeners, viewers, uh, you're based, of course, in Wales. Um, so what is the journey in terms of hours? Of course, you did, you stayed over, but um, yeah. is it a bit of a long journey, isn't it? Yeah, well, I did it in, in one day. Thankfully, I wasn't driving in August when we uh, uh, when we drove, me and Adam, uh, who's, a, who's another another big Ipswich fan from from where I am, he drove, thankfully, that day. That was, that was in one day, which is interesting. But um, I think it took takes about five and a half hours on a good day. Um, on a not not so good day, it can take you well over six easily. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it took about five and a half, five and a half, six hours to get there with a stop off, which wasn't too bad, to be fair. The, the A4 team was kind. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a hell of a journey, but it's it's so worth it when you, when you see the stadium and when you get into, you know, the pre-match. And it's really weird. We were walking around the town and I... They say it to my dad every time. It's really weird seeing different. Like I saw a few things. Like I think I saw outside a church or something that said like a big plaque that said like "Follow the town" and that kind of that kind of jazz, which obviously I'm just not used to seeing at all around here. So um, I was like a tourist. Every kind of town thing that was there, I was like taking pictures here, there, and everywhere. But no, it was it was, it was really good. Really good to be back. And I met Fabio yeah, yeah. Wardley as well, which is really good. Yeah, good old Fab. Good off, Fab. Of course, congratulations to him, of course, winning his title fight. Um, but yeah, a big shout out to all our long travelling town fans because I know there's a lot of who, some, some, I think I've seen some people come from France even on the day and they, some people do some unbelievable journeys. So big shout out to everyone who do that. Um, well, Peachy, let's talk about Kieran McKenna now. Um, 50 games now up for him. How do you sum it up in his, you know, his first 50 games? Over a record, 27 wins. 14 draws, nine defeats, 25 clean sheets. We scored 83 goals, conceded only 36. Yeah, how, how would you sum it up? Exciting. It really is. When you look like in half the games we've played, we've kept a clean sheet. I mean, I don't know, is any other interest manager can say that in their first 50 games? But it's just, I remember when he was first appointed, everyone was like, who's this? Who's this guy? No one knew of him. But I think that was the beauty of it. Like, <clears throat> we've tried, like, I tried and tested. I wouldn't say journeyman, but like Lambert, Cook, Jewel, managers who have a track record of promotions and have come to town and not really done much. McKenna, he's just, what's the word I'm looking for? He's just different. And like when he speaks to you in interviews, he doesn't speak to you like you're an idiot. He tells you as it is. And like, he's just, the football we play, all right, it wasn't, but a few off days, but like, some of the foot we've played in them 50 games has been brilliant. I mean, I remember his first away game at Gillingham. I know Gillingham were pretty poor that day, but we just ran the game. And we just passed, passed, movement, movement. It's like, I've never seen an Ipswich side really do this, apart sort of similar to when George Burley took over as manager. But yeah, it's just everything, everything about him as well. He's always so calm. Like, if we win, he's like, yeah, it's fine. If we lose, yeah, we can work on this if we draw. Whatever, like, unlike us fans, but like myself, I was a Fleetwood game, blooming hell. I was a right visual little so-and-so. But when you look back at it, you know, one all was a fair result. But, like, McKenna just stays on that level playing field. And he doesn't talk players up too much, doesn't talk them down, doesn't belittle them. 
like he doesn't come into an interview and said, well, it's his fault we lost or his fault we conceded. It was like, we need to do better as a team or we can still improve as a team. Like young Cam Humphreys. Like he's always praising him up. He's not praising up too much. Then you hear, I think he has an influence on players as well. Could you hear Cameron Humphreys come out and say, not like, oh, I've made it. The manager praised him. He's like, yeah, it's nice, but I can still improve as a player. Sorry, improve as a player. And he has improved players as well. Like you look at Carl Edwards. But he started last season, he was he still is a bit of like a diamond in the rough, you know, he's he's still got stuff to work on, but you can tell that they've worked on stuff in training and he's getting an end product, like getting goals and assists. So yeah, overall I'm just really, really encouraging. Like even is it this season we're still averaging over two points a game. That is promotion form, touch wood. If we can keep this up. I think it will become a case of will it will be maybe not another if we if we keep him for the hundred 150 games, it'll be, can we keep hold of him? Because bigger clubs will come sniffing. Because he, he is a special talent, in my opinion. And I'm very happy to call him our manager. I haven't brambled on too long there, but in no, all, no. I love I love the football we're playing. And I love the way Kieran McKenna treats the fans as people and not idiots who pay their money. In, like We have been treated by other managers in the past. Yeah, well said, my friend. And he dressed well as well, don't he, Kieran McKay? He's got some nice coats, got some nice jumpers. Yes. Um, and I'm sure he smells nice as well. Um, I'm sure. Off we we'll get I've, I've, I've been yeah. I've been next to Kieran McKay a few times, but I can't remember what he smelled like, but I'm sure he smells nice. Um, but yeah. Well, next time Harvey's in the corporate, we'll get him to have a sniff. Yeah. That's all right. Sniff, Harvey, yeah. I'll Sounds volunteer. Quite happily. <laughs> I'll volunteer. <laughs> I like it. I like it, boys. Um, well, Harvey, um, Stu put a great st- um, story out today looking at the stats under Kieran McKenna. And um, one of the stats is the players who have made the most starts. And Janoy Danashian has made the most starts under Kieran McKenna. 44 in total. Walton, 43, which is probably not a surprise. He's a goalie. Wolferden is 41. And we all know the story, Luke Wolferden, um, which is just fantastic. Morsey, 40. I'm sure he would have been top of that list if he didn't have suspensions and stuff, but we know that. And then Wes Burns, 39. Um, how would you sum up them, my friend? 50 games under McKenna. Been pretty well. Pretty good. Yeah, it's it's been brilliant. It's been brilliant. Um, you know, I, I think when he was appointed, I was really, really, um, at the time, quite vocal about how I thought it was time that we went down a different route. Um, there was a lot of clamour at the time. I think I saw quite a lot of Neil Warnock in people on Twitter and that kind of that kind of jazz, but I just I I, I kind of got why people may have, may have said that, but I thought it was time for a change and and it and it's been proven right. Um, my first choice at the time wasn't McKenna, and I'm happy to say that it was. I really liked the look of Anthony Barry at um, at Chelsea, who I think well, I say I think I've got no idea, but there's rumours there were rumours that he was interviewed as well as McKenna. How true those rumours are I'm not too sure but um, I mean since he's come in he's just been he's been different class as soon as he was appointed my mate from uni who's a massive massive United fan um, messaged me straight away and I know he's had some stick from United fans over the years but then what manager hasn't in fairness um, he messaged me straight away and said you've got an unbelievable coach and that kind of got me a bit more excited straight away because I know how much he follows Oh, we I told you so. Oh, 
I'm still there. No, it's back. It's back. Oh, you're back. It's fine. It, you had a brief moment there where you were where you're frozen, but looking good. But carry on. Oh no, no, he's definitely frozen. Oh well, we've lost Harvey for a oh. brief second there, ladies and well, gentlemen. Um, well, while well, we've lost him, I'll, I'll pick up on something like it seems. This seems the route that a lot of clubs are doing now, like going for the younger coach. who's like, you look at QPR with Beal, who's now gone to Rangers. You got was it Neil Critchley who went to Black Blackpool, where he's now left there. Clubs seem to be turning their way to these younger coaches, thinking they're more philosophers of the game. Like they, like McKenna reads and just breathes the game the whole time. He's always looking at other teams and training methods and things like that. And that's what the goal of the days of like, there's no respect, like Neil Warnock. He might still get a team, but like, you know, Mick McCarthy, older coaches. Now, it seems a, a young man's game or younger man's game. So I'll let Harvey continue. I think he's back now. Yeah, he's Apologies back. back. Hey, my, there uh, he is. That's, my, that's the dodgy Welsh Wi-Fi. Like, we've only just uh, <laughs> we've only just figured that out here. Um, <laughs> no, just 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 saying. My, I remember my mate messaging me at the time and saying how much of a good coach you've got, and it's been proven right. I mean, he's been he's been different class since the moment he walked in the door. Um, you know, we saw the impact he had early on in the in the Wickham game and the Gillingham game. Um, and he's just he just fascinates me and uh, Peach you mentioned it earlier the Charlton game I've never well I, I have but I can't remember being that annoyed after a game I was absolutely livid you know effing and jeffing around my house and all that kind of jazz and then I, about four or five hours later I kind of calmed down a bit and listened to McKenna's interview which is what 20 minutes half an hour after the game and you know it's just like I'm kind of second guessing. Did he actually was this interview twenty minutes or was it like ten minutes ago? Because he is, as Peachy says, he's just so calm. You know, whatever the result, whatever the performance, he's got such a level head, and I think that's what makes him so successful. Um, and we're so we're so so lucky to have him. You know, I was I listened to the interview he did with Sky Sports with the the Sunday stroll with Ipswich as well, and he just every interview is the same. He's so grounded. He's he's focused on the long-term goal. He clearly loves it at Ipswich. It's so, so obvious to see, which makes me a little bit more confident about him certainly staying in the short term anyway. Um, and yeah, he's, he's been a he's been a breath of fresh air, hasn't he? You, you know, you look at McKenna's interviews compared to, you know, Paul Cook's last one at Barrow before he got sacked. And I know at that time there were some mitigating circumstances. He'd lost his dad, which, you know, the emotions of that as, as well as not doing well. A town, but you know, I think he said things like, "As managers haven't got a magic wand," and um, you know, he said other things in presses like he thought the team had won a competition. And can you ever imagine McKenna saying something like that? He just wouldn't. You know, he's so calm, so measured. So he's he's been brilliant, and I hope to God he's here for many many years to come. Because um, yeah. Whatever Bristol City fans want to say about Mark Ashton, he's played an absolute blinder there. No doubt about that. Definitely, yeah. It's, it's mad. Yeah, it's going to be a year. No, next week it'll be a year of Kira McKenna. And um, yeah, what a year it's been under him. Um, all right then, boys. Good chat there on Kira McKenna's first 50 games and one year. Um, let's discuss, of course, it's this time of year where the drainage transfer window is, is nearing, approaching. Um, players... Of course, we've got a few players out of contract in the summer. And Harvey, you started a debate on Twitter and did a bit of a poll about KVY. Um, Cambridge and Young, um, out of contract in the summer. Um, 
currently it stands at over 700 votes, 85% saying yes, um, which I think is probably the, the correct answer in my point of view. Um, Peachy, bring you in now, my friends. Uh, what do you reckon? KVY? I've been, because I saw Harvey's tweet this morning. I must have, I didn't vote in it because I couldn't decide. It's what he's, he's a very good player. He can play right back and left back. If, and fingers crossed, we get promotion, could he make that jump for the championship? No one knows. And also, it has been also his injury record as well. If you're not wrong, he's having a real good run on the team now. And like it seems the injuries have gone away. Thinking about that, I would give him another year because I just think he's such a handy player to have around the... He wouldn't be first choice. So this is if he wants to stay. But he's such a handy player to have because he can play right back, left back, right wing back, left wing back. So he's, I say he's, he's an ideal option to have on one of our favourite games, football manager. He's just that ultimate squad player you need. And I think he deserves, in some respects, he does deserve another year because he's missed you know, two and a bit years yeah. of his town career. And before when we first signed, before we got injured, he was one of the, he was the informed right back in the League One. That was many seasons ago. But even like when he, whenever he gets called upon, he does the job. It reminds me a little bit of Danassian's early career in Ipswich. Like whenever he got called upon, he done the job. Then he's at the team the next week. Because he's Chambers was back, whatever. But like, with KVY, he never lets us down. I can't really actually think it's been a game where. Oh, KVY weren't very good tonight. He didn't do anything right. He's just your solid, like, 7 out of 10. So, on that basis, I would... I've sought myself into giving him a new contract. But I'll let the main man, Harvey Hughes, spark this whole debate. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I wanna, before we bring you in, Harvey, um, just sort of some more info on KVY, of course. Yeah, as Pete said, good squad player, good lad around the group. I'm sure he's an ideal sort of... Kieran McKenna player because he is versatile. He's still young, 26. Um, he's made 19 appearances this season, but only one league start. He's, he's come off the bench a lot this season, but that doesn't hurt when we've got five subs to make. So it's good that he's getting game time, but those injuries have impacted him, Harvey. Um, you're on the fence on, not, not on the fence, you are on the fence of giving him a contract. Why is that? And sort of expand on it as well. Yeah, I mean, when he when he came in, I think it was four or five hundred grand, wasn't it? We gave him a four year deal, which was really uncommon under um, under Evans. It was usually two two plus one, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, he, he started like an absolute train, didn't he? he? Started really well, and as Peachy says, was really really unfortunate with injuries. But I mean, touch wood, he's he's looking looking really fit. I remember. Um, I think it was Shrewsbury away he played. I'm sure it was it was that game. Um, certainly an away game this season that I've seen. I think it was Shrewsbury where he was he was brilliant. Um, you know he looked. That's only start super... going that, yeah. That's only start. Yeah, he did, didn't he? I thought so. Um, and I remember saying to my dad, who, who was at the game as well, um, how how fit he looked that day. It's the fittest I've probably seen him look in a while. You could see in the summer that he'd worked really hard. Um, as Peachy said, he can cover different positions, which is really, really useful. And McKenna values a lot. You can see that in in his recruitment. You know, you look at Don Ball, he can play centre-back and centre-mid. You look at John Jules, he can play attacking mid-striker. Um, you know, Wolfenden stepped into midfield. You know, Greg Lee can, can play further forward, can play as part of the back five. 
McKenna really values vers- versatility. Vince Young, as we said, can play right back, he can play left back. He also, for two games, I think it was last season, when we were more of a back three, played as, played as a right-sided centre-back. So, on that basis, I, I can see us offering him something, even if it just is the 12-month you know, extension. I get why people, I think I've had some responses to that tweet um, saying that we we need to upgrade basically. And while I agree with that to a certain extent, are you going to find a better squad player in that position than, than KVY? He was happy to come in for the odd game. Um, the only thing I will say, and it's a little bit of a, an early hot take here, um, Peachy says that, you know, if he's happy to, you know, kind of play second fiddle and that kind of thing. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily rule out the the possibility of of KVY if he did stay, of him getting a run at, at first choice in the championship. And the reason I say that is because I think KVY is at an age and he's got a little bit more technical ability going forward than than Janoi Danassian. I think there's a lot more. He's got a bigger ceiling. Came Vincent Young. I think he can improve. Maybe a little bit more than Danassian can. We know what Danassian does. He's an outstanding defender. He's also improved going forward. I'm certainly not disputing that. But it wouldn't completely shock me to see a situation in the Championship next year where perhaps Danassian is on the bench and second choice for, for a few games. And, you know, you, you go higher up the leagues and it's not so much kind of defending every, every set piece that's launched into your box. It does get a little bit more technical the higher up you go. And... I think in terms of those kind of abilities, KVY does have a have an advantage over, over JD. JD has a lot of advantages over KVY. I'm certainly not disputing that. I love him as a player, but I, do, I wouldn't rule out KVY if he has a good pre-season, if he does stay. Then him nailing that first choice right back slot in the championship, I could be completely wrong. But in terms of technical ability and, and you know, that kind of that kind of qualities that you need in the league above, um, I, I could see that definitely. So to give you an extremely long, long white the point did answer. Uh I, I I mean I said in my tweet I'd I'd definitely keep him, yeah. I'd, I'd look to to uh for him to stay. Yeah, just before, to quickly clarify sorry, oh, sorry go ahead. Before his injury, he definitely had the potential, didn't he? Mm, to definitely, yeah. And like I remember the seat the COVID season, he was gonna be the saviour when he returned at right back. So yeah. I'll say you've I agree. That's a great point you've made about like he could potentially be if and when we're in the championship next season, mm-hmm. he could be our starting right back. But if anyone ever wants a good debate or questions, just give Harvey a follow on Twitter. Always got a good question to put out there. Absolutely brilliant. Definitely, mate. Definitely. Um, and yeah, just to quickly cl- clarify, so he's made only one league start, but of course he has started in the Pizza Trophy games and the FA Cup as well. I'm sure he's going to be our main FA Cup boy. I'm sure he'll, he'll start against Rotherham and going for that. And uh, yeah, Harvey put out there. We're going to be playing Championship Football next year. So yeah, thanks, Harvey. Look forward to that. Um, see KBY starting for the hot take of all hot takes. Um, we shall see. Um, let us know. Pressure's on now if we don't make it, isn't it? Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, we're going to just uh, earmark it. Yeah, 8th of yeah. um, December 2022 is when Harvey said we're playing Championship Football next season. <laughs> Love it. Um, well, boys, let's talk. About the strike, let's bring hey. it in. It's Peachy versus Harvey going head to head. Who will have the crown this week? Four questions plus tiebreaker, um, if needed, but we'll, we'll use it anyway because um, why not? 
Um, let me just clarify that I've got all the questions sorted. Yes, I have, and I haven't put the answers on, as always. Of course, play at home. Um, always good to get you guys involved, um, wherever you are listening from. I know we've got a lot overseas, so shout out to all the overseas listeners. Hope you enjoy the strike as well. Um, our little funny game every week. Okay, first question is on good old Frank Yallop. Congratulations to Frank, of course, recently inducted into the Club's Hall of Fame. Um, now, big question. What is Frank Yallop's middle name? Big one here. Is it Archie, Russell or Walter? Um, as you can see, he's got a, I wouldn't say old last name, but as you can see, the three names there, they are pretty old in terms of, yeah. Um, fun fact, my granddad is called Russell. So does that swing your way to, you know, be the answer. We'll see. It's up to you. If you want to fall into that trap. But we'll see. Uh, Peachy Harvey, what, what are you saying? I've gone for Walter. I haven't got a clue. I, I went for Russell. Fair play. And, and you, you wrote that down before I said about my granddad. Um, I did. Too. One of you are, one of you is correct. And I'm sorry to say, Harvey, it's Walter. Frank Walter Yallop. Here's his full name. No, so I did. Just sounded more Canadian to me. That's why I went for it. Yes. Oh, that's a good. Oh, I should have. I should have typed in and googled Canadian names, and I could have got some more Canadian sort of references. Speaking outside the box, that is. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I was pretty lazy. I just went. I just. I just typed in old names. Or just lucky. I'd say. Yeah. That. That as well. That as well. Um, question two is on a man who celebrates his birthday this month. Is Jason Dazell. Um, how many goals did he score for town in 416 games? Of course, scored on his debut. Um, of course, um, a very young Jason then, 16, was, you know, was just still at high school. Um, of course, that record got broke by Connor Wickham back in um, when he broke through. But um, Jason is, of course, one of the youngest goal scorers at that time. But 416 games, of course, during his two spells. I think the second spell, you know, was very brief. But, uh, but yeah. Of course, very much before most of the times. I know, Peachy, you probably saw a little bit of Jason, maybe a little bit, yes, a bit, but... little bit of him, yeah. And when he came back and scored against us, playing for Tottenham as well, yes, and celebrated like a madman. And my dad and called uh, him a very rude word that day, yes, I can imagine. I won't repeat it, no, 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 no. <laughs> I think I'm totally um, out here, but it's fine. Well, take away, boys, what you reckon? Of course, closest gets the correct point, and of course, um, if you get a bang on, you get two points, so hardly not shooting if you exactly. 98. Peter's gone 98. Harvey's gone. I went, I was similar-ish. I went 92. 92. Um, no one's got a bang on, but Harvey is the closest because it's actually only 73. 73 goals oh. in 416 games, Jason Dezel, which isn't a bad return for a midfielder. I know he's a tap midfielder as well, yeah. but I think, you know, 73 goals, 416 games, not too shabby. I was speaking to one. Just quickly, while I remember, I was speaking to uh, John Walk in the in the that Bobby Robson suite, and I didn't realise he'd scored was it thirty six goals from midfield one season, which was just the UEFA Cup, the UEFA Cup yeah. season. Yeah, and he scored. said he said scored. to me that it, as a, he was a, as a defensive midfielder as well, and he just thirty six goals. I mean, can you imagine Cole Scoo scoring thirty six <laughs> goals in one season. He scored in every, he scored in every round, round, didn't he? Was that a yeah. season every round all the way to the fi- and even in the yeah. final? Mad, just mad. bonkers. Legend. Never, will never happen again. But yeah, legend of the football player John Walk. Um, and that ties not. Uh, I was about to say ties nicely to the next question. It is on John Walk, unfortunately. Um, and it is on 
someone, no, not, no, no one, no one, not even close to John Walk's legendary status, but um, a player who plays for Peterborough now, where he's a former town player, Jack Marriott, of course. Um, we make his return with Posh this weekend at Porn Road. Now, what shirt number did Jack Marriott wear during his time at town? Was it 30, 34 or 40? And Peach, he's straight on it. He loves these squad numbers, but I know Harvey likes it as well. Yeah, so... Harvey will know. I don't know. You never know. Um, 30, 34 or 40. Um, all together, he made like four appearances, Jack Marriott, and of course he went on to score goals for um, Luton, Peterborough, Derby um, and all that. What do you reckon then, boys? What are you going for? I went for 34. I also went for 34. He is correct. It's 34. So it's 2-2. Desmond going into the final question. And um, this man celebrates his birthday this month and also scored against Peterborough. His first ever town goal was against Peterborough in a 3-2 win, which is actually only our second ever win against them. We've only beaten twice in 16 meetings, by the way, against Peterborough, which is madness. But um, yeah, he scored a late winner against them. Aaron Cresswell. Um, how many goals did he score for town in 138 games so yeah he scored his first town goal against Peterborough how many goals did he score after that so you've got one there for you um, how many more goals did he score of course he scored a few absolutely crackers you know Crystal Palace so that's two for you um, yeah how many other more goals did he score for the club 138 games all together how many goals so yeah closest wins it um, if you get a bang on, you get two points and you win by two points. Um, let me just, um, just going to double check the answer just to make sure I don't play any silly buggers here. We need to make sure we have the correct answer so the correct man gets the correct result. So, okay, good up. Nice. All right, we'll start with Peachy first of all. What do you reckon? I went four. Four. Harvey. Oh, God. If that's the case, then I'm well off. <laughs> I went for 11 because I was just thinking of free kicks and that kind of thing. Yeah. Just going to double check. So, correct answer, still the maths here, is seven. So, Peachy has one by by, by a point. Um, I can't remember quick score maths, that that many. Ross, fair play. Yeah. Um, good, yeah, quick maths there. <laughs> but, yeah, he scored one goal in his first season, four goals in his second season, and his final season just scored two goals. Um, but, yeah, he scored, of course, that great yeah. goal. Thought I overexed that a little bit. Um, that's fine. That's fine. That's the only one I remember. Is that Palace one? Yeah. I can't remember yeah. scoring the goals. Um, let me try to find the other goals while we think about it. Um, but yeah, what a player he was, boys. What a player, and you know, mm. he's what a player. Yeah. The amount of times he has now. Um, other goal: Bristol Rovers in the cup um, scored against Brighton. No, no, um, no, Barnsley scored in a game against Barnsley. Um, scored against Wolves in a two-nil win um, at, at Molyneux. Um, of course, the Palace goal. And then he also scored, let me go, the 2013-14 season, of course, the season he left. Um, he also scored one loads. Um, he got a goal against Yeovil Town in the 2-1 win. And then also against Derby in that 4-4 draw, oh. which we were 4-1 up. And oh. The Steve McLaren game. Yeah, Steve McLaren game. So, so yeah. Uh, I know. Did all right for left backs, didn't we? We were... Yes. We were, we were really blessed with left-backs considering we're <laughs> from Creswell to Mings and then Jonas Knudsen. He weren't too bad. He, he too was alright. But then we had a period when we didn't have any good left-backs and now we've got Leif Davis yeah. which, and, and Greg Lee as a backup, which is very good yeah. indeed. Um, again, that's better for League One. Yes. Can't get a better League One for them two players. Um, 
PC, we're going to do it anyway, aren't we? Um, you of have one rule, but Harvey just has to get it bang on to take the crown. Um, now, this man celebrates his birthday this month, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how many goals. Billy Clark, the um, the Irish Billy Clark, um, with the E, because we have another Billy Clark. How many goals did he score for town in 55 games? But yeah, yeah, he celebrates his birthday this month. Um, good old Billy, of course, part of the Youth Cup winning squad. Um, of course, played 55 games. Striker, midfielder, striker. I said that already. Winger, I mean. Um, but yeah, 55 games. How many goals do you reckon then, boys? He had a bit of a purple patch when he first got into the team, didn't he? He scored quite a few, I think, from a rightly. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, we just uh, just gonna get the answer up. Okay, nice. Of course, a little stat here: twenty-three starts, thirty-three sub appearances, which is just yeah, that is crazy, isn't it? Um, well, Harvey, as you are needing to win, what are you going for, my son? Um, again, a complete guess, really. Um, I do remember him going on a bit of a purple patch, but I can't recall him scoring. Kind of every week. So I've gone for 14. 14. Okay, I've, Peachy? I've gone for 10. Um, well, these are the goals he scored. His first goal was in a Carling Cup game against Peterborough. Sort of ties in nicely um, in a 2-2 draw. Then his next goal was against Southampton in a 2-1 win. Then he scored against Birmingham. No, sorry, Coventry in a 2-1 win. Um, and then his final goal for the club was against Southend oh. in a 3-1 win. So only four goals in 55 games. Oh. So good old Billy. Wow. Um, God, I thought it was more than that. Yeah, same so, here. To be fair, that purple patch, he actually did score three goals in four games there. So he did have a purple patch for a second there, but just for that three goals in those four and games. And then just gave up after that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So um, Peachy had one again, the strike. Um, my friend, take it away. Um, it's good to keep my crown for another fan social, but I know there's people out there who want this crown because everyone wants to be known as the strike man. Let's be honest, you know. I go to work the next day and go, well, the strike again, didn't the lads? And they're like, what? We don't care. But I care, so that's all that matters. I demand a recount. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> been fixed. This has been fixed Trump style. <laughs> I have no response to that. Um, I've just, I'm just here to just be the quiz master. The, the, the silence says it all, Ross. The si- <laughs> Listen, I was, ten, I was 10 minutes late. You swap bank details and that, and that 20 quid went in your bank pretty quickly, didn't it? I, I know, don't worry. 30, actually. 30, actually. I've got a price, mate, and that, that price is, is high. Uh, definitely when the strike comes into play. Um, all right then, boys. Well, hope you enjoyed another session of Strike. I hope all the listeners have enjoyed as well. Hope you played at home and, and got some of the answers correct. If you've got them all correct, then well done. Well done. Um, now let's talk then about Sonny or no, Shawnee Aluko. I'm still, I'm still saying that. I'm sorry. Um, ever, ever since we got corrected to say his name correctly, Shawnee Aluko. He's back in full training, lads. And he's set to return this weekend. He'll be on the bench most likely. Oh, you never know. May start. You never know. Um, but, Peachy, he's been a massive miss. Um, I'm sure even just in the dressing room, I know he's probably been at the training ground, probably um, been around the place, but he's probably been a big miss in that dressing room. Um, but, yeah, how big of a miss has he been? Um, a lot bigger than I thought he would be, actually. I'll be honest. Like I know what a talented player Sean he is. 
Um, when he when he went down injured against Northampton, he knew it was a bad one, but he thought, ah, we've got the squad depth here. We'll be fine. You know, we'll miss him, but not as much as you think we will. But like, it's just for him, uh, when he plays, he can just control midfields. Like he gets the ball, he stops it. He slows the play down when we need to slow it down. He quickens it up. I mean, people go on, oh, he doesn't assist, doesn't score. Football is bigger than just assisting goals in some respects. So what a player can do. I firmly believe if he came on against Charlton, we probably wouldn't have lost that. Oh, sorry, drawn that, sorry. I think he'd have come on against Fleetwood and it helps us, or help the book. Because against Fleetwood, the ball was not sticking. It was going forward, coming straight back at us. With Aluko there, he holds the ball up again, brings other people into play and just, just sees games out. But yeah, it'll be great to have him back. He's Because he's been a massive, massive miss. I think, McKenna said in his press conference, was it today? He can do things other players can't. I know my wife will be very, very happy because Shawnee is her favourite player, absolutely loves him, even more than Fred Ladapo. She loves him as well. But yeah, it's just, he's a bigger miss than I thought it would be. And I remember even when we signed him, I was thinking, oh, a bit of a squad filler, really, when we were building a new squad. But he's a massive part of this team because his experience, you can't buy his experience. And hopefully, like I say, he's on the bench. I'll be surprised if he starts. But then I think under McKenna, when it says a player's back in training, they're sort of match fit because we know how intense the training sessions are. It's not like the past where they're back in training or they need an under-21, under-23s game, need 10 minutes here. So I think he'll be up to speed. He'll just be lacking a slight little bit of match fitness, if that makes sense. But it's going to be brilliant to have him back because he's a... He's a key part of this season, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I put him down as the MVP this season and then he got injured on, on like the last week of August. I thought, oh, God, I've jinxed him and I. Um, but he's back, Harvey. Um, and I'm sure for this second half of the season, um, he's going to be a key player. And as, as Peter said, he would have been perfect for the, the Fleetwood game, the Charlton game, and those sort of games where you need to bring him on just to settle the team down, keep hold of the ball pretty much. Um, so yeah, how how big is it for him returning? Yeah, I have to hold my hands up. I think I did a a video with you. I think it was Ben prior to uh, the season finishing, where we were discussing who we'd get rid of and who we'd uh, and who we'd keep. And I think me and Ben both said that we'd we'd let Aluko go. Um, I was far too kind of start obsessed. I think with you know his his output, but. Peachy is absolutely spot on. What he does in games is so, so valuable. You mentioned a few games there. I'd throw Sheffield Wednesday away in that as well. Um, you know, I think we were getting overrun by Bannon and Byers in midfield. Um, I said at the time I wouldn't have brought Kia on. I would have brought, you know, a ball or a Luca on if, if a Luca was there that, that day. Um, and he would have been perfect. You know, he's so, so good at keeping the ball in tight areas. You know, you, you don't ever see him giving the ball away really cheaply or anything like that. So, yeah, he's um, he's a really, really important player, a really good person to have around the group as well. McKenna has, has said that multiple times, how, how good it is to have him around. And I think although his um, option was automatically triggered in the end, wasn't it, last season, um, based on his appearances, I think he would have he would have signed for another 12 months anyway. And I wouldn't completely rule out him signing for another 12 months if we go up either. Obviously, he's not going to play every week, but, you know, someone to, to have around and to, to 
be that kind of classy player when, when we need it. He's going to be brilliant. I think it's interesting that McKenna said we'll see whether he's fit to start or you know, or to come off the bench. To, to not rule out starting someone after being out for three or four months kind of shows you how fit he's, McKenna sees him in training because, um, you know, I mean, I, he probably won't start, let's be honest. But for McKenna to say that, he, he's clearly in good shape. Um, and yeah, I, I love him in that number 10 role, I have to be honest. I think he's he's not necessarily got the legs to play out wide these days, which I think McKenna sees and, and knows what he can do from an attacking midfield position. Um, you know, I, I think in the game early on, I think the Gillingham game where we played with two strikers and three defense, three centre-backs and Aluko was behind the two. I thought he was, I think he was brilliant that day, wasn't he? I'm sure the Burton away game where we won as well, it was exactly the same formation and he was brilliant that day as well. So, yeah, he's a really, really important player. Someone who, as Peachy said, came in and we all thought, yeah, good for squad depth, but isn't going to start every week. But now, I completely agree. We've, we've missed him a lot in, in the last few months and it's going to be invaluable to have him back. Um, he's going to be in the, straight into the thick of it. And I think that's what he wants, Aluko. You know, he wants to get straight back in there and, and help the team. And he's, as you know, as, as has been mentioned already, he offers qualities that possibly the likes of Kyle Edwards have in, in terms of really, you know, keeping the ball in tight spaces is really impressive. But Aluko kind of brings that to a next level in League One. So, yeah, brilliant to have him back. Um, I'm sure he'll, surely he'll improve the team a lot in a position where, let's be honest, at the moment we've only got Colin Chaplin. So the more competition there, the better. Yeah, definitely. Uh, of course, as you lot know, a lot of the viewers know, um, when you get the age of 30, goodbye. But players like, you know, Shawnee Luco, Sam Morsey, you know, Shawnee Luco is going to be 34 in February, but you can't buy experience, can you? And um, he brings that. And uh, so I'm sort of changing my little thing about that now, but it depends. What Richard Keogh, once again, He's very much at the end of his career, but um, can't hurt from a little bit of experience, lads. Um, well, let's get into then Peterborough this weekend in League One. Um, of course, 12 30 kickoff because there's another game apparently later on. Um, big game, of course, England play, playing France in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Um, but yeah, Peterborough sixth in League One, Grant McCann in charge. They lost, they lost their last three games, um, only two away wins all season for them. Um, how you feeling, Peachy, going into this one? With as I said, the stat against them is not great for us since we last played them. Definitely in League One, we've had some bad games against them, especially that four-one defeat. Um, and in sixteen games we played against them in all competitions, we've only ever won twice, which is not great, really. Um, no. But what do you reckon, mate? We're due a win, surely, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, you look at all them stats, you'd hope. But then this is Ipswich Town. Well, <laughs> without the negative side of me, always goes like, well. They've not won in three. It's about time they won, isn't it? But no, I think it'll be a tough game. Like every game in League One will be. But it's interesting the comments from their chairman on one of the podcasts. I've not listened to it, but he sort of said they're all spoiled. I think someone put in our group chat. I can't remember who it was, so I apologise. But it's like they're either going to come out and give it that absolute all and be like a massive middle finger saying we do care, or it's going to be we're just going to win. They're just going to down tools and go sod you. I was looking at some of their squad. I, I worry about their their front players. Like you've got Clark Harris, Marriott, it Mason Clark is always quite good. Um, Ricky J. Jones. Our defence has to be on it. 
to be honest. But after I said after the Fleetwood game, I said the team needed to kick up the backside. They didn't. I was, that was more frustration on my part. If we play like we did against Exeter, play like we did first half against Fleetwood, we'll be fine. So I think if we can get a goal against them, the heads will drop. So as, as always we say, the, <clears throat> the crucial thing is get the early goal. But <clears throat> my hot takes for this game is linked to the England game as well. That both games we won 2 0 by Ipswich and England, but the first goal will not be scored until the 80th minute or after. Okay. There's me um, saying we need the early goal, but that's my little hot take. <laughs> Contrib itself, as always, but that's the dream, isn't it, for an Ipswich offence? I mean, Ipswich win and an England win. That's the perfect Saturday. Yes. Yes, for it me. Is. Well, that, that is always the question. A lot of people, you know, what would you rather have, an England win or an England, you know, wing? Of course, you want both of them to win. Um, of course, not Harvey because he's well connections, but won't get into that. Well, let's not get into that, Harvey. Let's not just not even start that debate and everything. Not, worth it. Not, worth, it. <laughs> not worth it. It's not worth it. That's a whole different podcast. Um, well, what is your hot takes for this game, mate? And your just overall feeling taking on Peterborough? It's it's another sort of one of those monkeys get off our back. We've been able to get a lot of those off our back, but Peterborough is just that team. You know, we just need a beat because we haven't been able to do it in League One. Yeah, and back they hat trick in, in 30 minutes. No, no, I'm <laughs> um, Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, you know, it's been their camp has been dominated, really, as Peachy says, by their chairman's comments this week. Um, it's a podcast I listen to every week, really. I think it's it's a really good podcast, to be honest with you. It's a good listen because you never know what you're going to get from that. <laughs> from their chairman, and this week um, was really, well, that, that, the, the proof is in the pudding. Um, he absolutely laid into them and said, you know, we were outcoached. Um, we looked like we weren't interested. Uh, it's about time that I'm stopped, I stopped spending five grand a room on, on players for fancy hotels and away trips. Maybe they should make their own way up. And it was just, yeah, it was it was like, I thought it was like a parody Um podcast because it was it was bonkers um but yeah actually it wasn't me that said about i thought it was myself that made the comment that they're either going to turn up or, or they're not going to turn up but it's it's spot on i think it was brad possibly um but it's going to be interesting they've got some good players uh grant mccann recruited all all summer for for a 4-3-3 that he's played at pretty much every team he's been at they ditched it after one game and went three at the back which was working really well. And then they ditched that because it started going really badly again. They've gone back to 4-3-3 because they've got about 10 wingers and realised we need to put all them in a team. And now they've lost three in the bounce again. So it's really difficult to see what system and how they're going to how they're gonna line up. Um, on Saturday, they, they were back to a back four against Barnsley, but obviously lost that. So to me, Grant McCallum's got no idea what his best team is. He's got no idea what, his best system is with the players that he's got at his disposal. Um, it's there for the taking for us. It, re- it really is. As Peachy says, we have to be mindful of the likes of, obviously, of Clark Harris, but not only him, they've got Jack Taylor in midfield, who we were linked with really early on in the summer, um, who's a really good player. They've got Harrison Burrows, who is usually a, a left wing back, but has been in midfield recently and is another really good player. Um, the lad Clark on the wing they got from Barnett in the summer a really exciting talent so 
they've got some good players, there's no doubt about that, but something isn't clicking for them at the moment. Um, and when you look at their away record, it's one of the worst in the league. It's genuinely abysmal. Um, so if we can really get behind the lads first five, ten minutes, get a quick start like we did against Fleetwood and actually build on that, um, it's going to be a long, long way back for them because, you know, even subconsciously, if you're 1-0, 2-0 down inside 20 minutes at Portman Road in front of 25,000 fans, subconsciously, you're probably going to be thinking, you know, of, of what the chairman said midweek and what he thinks about you. So if, he th- if he's saying that, why should I bother and that kind of thing? They're obviously not going to purposely do that, but you're subconscious that they probably will. So um, I think we'll win it. And my hot take is along those lines. I think Ipswich are going to win and we're going to be 2 0 up at half time. There is my very, very bold prediction. Um, but you've got to be positive, haven't you? But yeah, it's going to be a good game. Fingers crossed. We've not, you know, the team kind of picks itself at the moment, doesn't it? So there's, there's not going to be that many drastic changes in the side. But I'm confident we get a good result. I think. Um, I think Caden Jackson is a player that Peterborough tried to sign four or five times, I think, over his career. So I'm fancying Caden Jackson to, to to grab a goal in this game. I really am. Just to rub salt in the wounds of their chairman even more. So what's your what's your final prediction then? Because um, is Caden Jackson starting for you then? If he, if you've got two in the last I, I, time, that is your final score. Yeah, I, I, would, I would start Jackson. Yeah, I would start Jackson. Now, to be honest with you, I, I put it out before the Fleetwood game. I, I would have started him there as well. Um on that left-hand side, I think Edwards looked absolutely knackered within about 10-15 minutes of, of that of that Fleetwood game, which I thought was a bit strange. Um, whether that's just because he's not used to playing so many games back-to-back, possibly. Might not just be a, a fitness thing. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd start Jackson for this game on the left-hand side. I'd bring Edwards off on the bench. And yeah, I fancy Jackson to, um, to, to score for this one, definitely. If he, certainly if he starts. 2-0. Mm-hmm. Peter, you're coming in there for a second. Take it away. I was going to say, like with the uh, Peterborough chairman, he's very um marmite with some people. I I like him, but then I wouldn't want him as chairman of Ipswich. I completely agree. Yeah, I, I, I think I think he's a bit too open. But yeah, I'm not criticising him because it's nice for me as a fan of another club seeing how open he is about Peterborough, and he yeah. does all the inner workings of like deals sometimes, and mm. then he comes on a rant like he has this week, and you think bloody hell, that's Channel Football Club saying that. I mean, some fans yeah. might be thinking it. Let's face it; cause he he's more of a he talks more like a fan than a chairman. If that makes Absolutely, sense. Absolutely, yeah. He's. And I we, mean, he's 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 come out a, a few a few weeks ago and said that he's not this this season will be the the end of his association with the club and and he's done and he needs to focus on his family and then the last pod a few kind of abject results and I think your pride starts hitting you because he said in the last pod that. That's not happening. I'm staying. You know, I couldn't live without football and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of uncertainty to the players, to the fans as well, which I completely agree with Peachy. It's brilliant to listen to as a neutral. Um, but it's not, you know, I wouldn't want him chairman. Of course, chairman, it's, um, but... it's a controversial topic for us because they beat us to the, you know, the Football Content Awards. So, you know, but well, although they came second. They came second. It was under the Koshy one, but they came second or whatever. So, but yeah, they are rivals. Mate, mate, but yeah, listen, we, we we need to be a bit more controversial. Stu started it by <laughs> nearly setting his house on fire. So let's see what we let's see what <laughs> yeah. we can let's see what we can do to raise a bit more attention. Yeah, very true. 
very true. Um, sorry to interject there. I just thought, oh, I'm just thinking this this podcast who beat us to second place. Mm. Um, but yeah, don't worry. We're, we're always the bridesmaids, not the you know groom and all that. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just a, just I don't know where I don't know where I'm going with this to be honest. Um, Peachy Harvey, um, let's just let's just sort of talk about oh, any other business, any other business you want to add, any other notes. Um, I just hope, and it's not a criticism of the supporters, but. I just hope the atmosphere is a little bit more better and upbeat. Because I think like sometimes I'm guilty of it as well. We expect to come up against teams like Cheltenham and Fleetwood. We expect, oh, we're going to win this. And then, but the atmosphere is not the greatest. I think Mike mentioned it on game day as well about the Fleetwood game. Let's hope the the crowd are up for it as well against Peterborough because it's a big game. Lads need us. And again, that's not a criticism of the atmosphere at Port Road because I think the atmosphere the last few seasons has been brilliant. New songs, getting loud. We're getting more fans in the stadium. I just hope everyone's up for it on Saturday because, let's face it, we're going to need to keep warm because it's going to be bloody freezing. <laughs> it is going to be very cold. Of course, a 12.30 kickoff, um, you know, I think it's probably going to be 26,000 probably in there. I'm sure Peter Barr will bring a decent number as well. Um, it is going to be, you know, hopefully a nice warm atmosphere because, yeah, it's going to be absolutely freezing, um, which is a standard thing. Um, but, Harvey, any other business, my friend? Uh, no, not not really. I, it's funny, Peach used to say that, actually. I feel like I don't really have a right to comment considering the lack of Paul Monroe games I go to, so I don't have a big kind of, um, you know, I, I don't have a massive scope to go off. But I didn't actually watch the, the, the game day after because we ended up, like, getting too drunk. And then, yeah, anyway. Um, but I said the same to my dad. I thought Paul Monroe was, was a little bit flat. I don't know whether... I don't know whether evening games do that possibly some there is something special about Saturday at three o'clock isn't there it didn't help that it wasn't the best performance um but yeah I, I thought it was a little bit flat at Fleetwood so at the same time that you know the, the players have got to give the fans something to be excited about and you know the, you know at Bolton the first first game of the season it was unbelievable so I'm sure it was just one of those nights um but yeah fingers crossed we can get a good result let's get behind the boys first five ten minutes again let's get a really good start um, you know, keep the songs, keep the songs coming, and all that jazz. And uh, and yeah, just Merry Christmas to everyone, and a very Happy New Year. Because I might probably won't be on now until the New Year. So uh, yeah, thanks for for tuning in. Thanks for having me on again, Ross. This year it's been a pleasure. I look forward to uh, to many more, many more pods, and many more everything basically with with you all. Which is, it's been a it's been a real pleasure. What a lovely boy he is, isn't he, Peachy? What a he, lovely man. He is lovely. He is. lovely. I try, lovely. I try. It's that, it's that, it's that Welsh twang that I don't have in my, uh, in my voice. Yeah. Hence why he is called the sweet Welsh yeah. prince. Apparently so. Apparently so. Friend of the show. Love it, uh, Peachy. I've already gone to you already about any other business, but take away. How, how would you want to outro yourself? Um, I think I can. I can't beat that. Let's put it that way. But um. Yeah. Also, again, I'm not criticising the crowd at Ipswich because I never would because I'm obviously one of them. And I'll try and be a bit more happy and positive for game day, hopefully on Saturday. Fingers crossed for the 2-0 win. First goal, 80th minute. Second goal, 89th. Very good. Very oh, good. My hot um, take, yeah. Yeah, that's not and too course, bad. Of course, up a town. Up a town, definitely. Um, I just want to quickly end with some predictions from the Kauai Army. Um in the group chat we have um, a lot of town wins, some defeats, but I think they're just being controversial just to mix it up a little bit. 
Um, but we've got a 4-2 from Brad, a 4-0 from Bono. Um, George has gone for a Desmond. That would be pretty good. I've gone 3-2, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. I, I want to see goals, and hopefully we will see goals. A 3-2 town win. Um, some free ones for town. 2-1 win from good old Liam from Crew. Uh, good old John Watson King and off. He's also gone 2-1. Um, I won't say the ones who have gone for defeats, but I think they've just made it just to bring a bit of jeopardy to um, the Prediction League. Um, currently, Steve, good old Steve from um, Devon, he's currently top. Peachy, you're second, one point away from Steve. Of course, last week for the Fleetwood game, no one got points because we all, I think we all went for wins. So, yeah, mm. yeah, it was a draw, but I won't talk about Fleetwood anymore. Um, but thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you've enjoyed another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social. Peachy Harvey, always a pleasure. Um, of course, big shout-out to our sponsors. Manscaped, first of all, use 20% off. Um, no, use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery at manscaped.com. And also, of course, Ginger Pickle, the goats of marketing um, for all your needs there. Um, if you go into the game, enjoy. If you're not, make sure to cover the game. No, <laughs> what's... <laughs> Are you just trying to stretch this to an hour, Ross? Because I noticed we're at 58 and a half minutes. Yeah. I feel no, like you're, really. try, you're trying to get this to a round number here. Not, not really. I'm trying, I was trying to be smooth, but as you all know, I'm not smooth. Um, I was trying to say, if you're going to the game, enjoy. But if you're not, make sure to... Um, what? No. Follow the game with us on all the socials, on the website, on game day, and in Stu React. And of course, we'll be back next week for another main pod, another fan social, all the other bits and bobs. Um, enjoy the game come on England come on town all that sort of bits and bobs goodbye for now from true crime to football Brexit to football for more great podcasts from Archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon